for joining us to the cinemas once again, Jared. Back to back weeks. 2023's Thanksgiving. Mm. Leading into the Christmas period. But before we get to that, Jared, what have you been watching? I've been into a little bit of Goosebumps again. We're caught up. I haven't watched the finale. The finale's there. Interesting. But I've I got some interesting it things to say. It was okay. It's still continuing on. I feel like it lost a little bit of steam, and I wouldn't say I'm unsatisfied with it, but it's kind of, yeah, it went away from the ideas of, you know, taking the story from the book and then weaving it all together, and I feel like it lost its way a little bit. Now, I know you mentioned there was an episode that felt like it had sort of wrapped things up, but then we've we've had another two. Yes. To end the season, the second last one didn't kind of fill me with no hype for the finale. No, so we'll see how it goes. Well, I can tell you, it doesn't. You're not happy. No, you're fucking filthy. No, I think the last two episodes were a fucking mistake. You think we ghost wrote the the first um, eight and then R.L. Stein yeah, fucking injected himself with his ideas? No, it's just eight. simply, um, you know what, slappy. It's a problem. Mm. The whole slappy stuff, as soon as that comes in at about episode five, maybe, or episode six, mm. it just derails the entire thing. Initially, you're thinking it's going to kick it into gear, yeah, but... But it doesn't. It, doesn't it, it really. takes it. It takes it downwards, and it never recovers. Episode nine and ten were both very, very disappointing. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck have we got into? Where have we got to? I was really, really disappointed in it. Yeah, it took a bit of a turn. I'm not that keen. Like, I'll have a look at the second season because I feel like it'll get one. Yeah. But they've got to do better than that. They were on the right yeah, track. They were. I felt like they were on the right track. And they just went total opposite direction and fucked it up because they think, oh, Slappy, everyone wants to be, you know, Slappy's the key yeah. piece. But would it have been? Would it have been more successful if they had have done maybe that idea but think something like trick or treat? Like... You're telling the stories, but then they're just kind of weaving in little parts, little of, each. parts of each through the episodes. Maybe that could have worked. I don't know yeah. how. I don't know how how you kind of then take that to a to a finale and things like that. But but I feel like I don't feel like look it, at what you did for the first four episodes and continue with it. You just didn't. You you went yeah. the total opposite direction. Yeah, I th- I feel like it was just whatever was concocted for Slappy just was not. Great. It wasn't very good. None mm. of it. To be honest, it was a little confusing too in the end. Like what what was going on? Yeah. What you're expecting to happen? And, and it was too. Happen. We started to fall back on boilerplate teen dramatics as well for the characters. Oh, they're all yeah. in love with each other, and there's yeah, just, I didn't. It's just bullshit. Like get rid of that. Yep. I mean, I understand you want to put some of that together to enhance kind of when certain people are in danger and what their, you know, what the stakes are and all that sort of stuff. But it felt like they were still doing that stuff in episode nine and you're kind of like, do I do I really care about that at the moment? No, I don't. Just, yeah, I, I get what you're saying They kind of set it up in the first few episodes. I understood the fact that there was a love triangle sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Went to a bit of an oldie. Well, it's funny to call it an oldie now because it's not that old, but Boys in the Hood. Oh, yeah. Great really movie, cool, yeah. Yeah, really movie. cool. And to think John Singleton was like 23 when he made it, Yeah, yeah. it's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, yeah. Another one of those um, sort of like very sure, 
sure sort of footed directorial yeah. beginnings. And it's sort of like there's parts of it where it doesn't feel like a story per se. It's just kind of just dropping in on these guys' lives at particular points. Mm. But it's, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I watched Mortal Kombat Legends Cage Match, mm. which is the new, you know, it's a series of Mortal Kombat animated movies that Warner Brothers animation. Surprised it didn't get fucking written off for tax, <laughs> tax cut, to be honest, when I saw Warner Brothers at the, front, at the start of it. But, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Surely um, they pulled in thirty million dollars with a tax break. Yeah, obviously. yeah. But it's the fourth one. I've quite enjoyed them. The first one was still the best. It was more in line with the original game sort of story. Mm-hmm. But they did a they did one that I found pretty cool that involved some kind of Mad Maxish sort of elements. This one was basically it's it's essentially an eighties. Wouldn't say parody, but it's it's a nod to eighties action films with Johnny Cage you know, um, forging his career in Hollywood and stumbling into the Mortal Kombat sort of netherworld sort of situations. Kind of cool. It's, it's, you get exactly what you think it's going to be. It's basically just, you know, in parts, it's kind of comedic. It's, it's a piss take on 80s action things whilst also trying to replicate 80s action sequences and fights and storylines and just, you know, throwing a little bit of Mortal Kombat gore. So you, you sort of get, Almost like a Karate Kid storyline for Johnny Cage. He's, he's having flashbacks about it, but then he fucking breaks his bully's arm, and it's a fucking compound fracture and all this sort of shit. <laughs> okay. Like, so you get exactly what you what you're hoping for if you like Mortal Kombat stuff, which I do. I'm still kind of wrapped up in that game all these years later. And you like the '80s action stuff, well, you get a fun little time. It's not much more than that, but yeah, it was kind of cool. I got to watch Dark Harvest. Yep. which I'd been sort of keeping an eye on. It was only made very recently, but in the last um, couple of months I'd seen a few articles about it. I was really impressed. Like, I, I liked it a lot. It has a massive problem in that there is really very, very little explanation for the, the, the kind of mythology they put together and, you know, down the stretch when characters are fucking carrying on with each other, you're still sitting there going, I don't understand, like, why you guys are all upset. I still don't really understand why this thing is going on. Mm. But in terms of the style, it's really kind of slick. It's got this sort of 1950s kind of vibe to it. I really like the idea. It's got a bit of a – it's almost like a purge sort of thing mixed with a little bit of a slasher, a little bit of pumpkin head. And the the, uh, Sawtooth Jack looks really cool. So, I mean, it's something I'll definitely go back to. I was really impressed with what the direction was, of it. What's it on? Uh, it's on Amazon. It okay. popped up on Amazon for us. Good. Got access to that one. Yep. <laughs> Somebody's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got access to it. Don't ask any further questions on that. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I liked it. It's Normally, I would be saying there's just a real lack of story here to... And that would have killed it for me. Mm. But I think the the direction, I was so wrapped up in the direction and the style of it that I overlooked a little bit of that and just kind of enjoyed it for what it was. Fair enough. Uh, And then the last one, Adam, segueing uh, into some of your little views this week, Mm. I watched Sick. So did I. Yeah. So... I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought they did a fantastic job with it. Yes, I think it was um, very cool. If anything, some of the killer type elements were really cool stuff we've seen before but there yeah. was some nifty little chases there was there was I liked a bit on the raft so I actually think they could have gone a little more 
kind of darkly comedic when they went into the revelations of what was going on. Yeah. I got a few laughs out of it anyway. But it's funny because I thought that revelation would be stupid, Mm. but it wasn't. No. It was like the way they delivered it, I was kind of like, well, yeah, these people have just gone fucking ape shit. Yeah. Um, And COVID brought on that type of, that type of like, if I get it and give it to someone, they can die. You know what I mean? Like we, I think, all of us at one time or another in the early phase of COVID was thinking, fucking hell, have I got it? And have I just given it to somebody? Yeah, yeah. There was a little panic. and the panic of... of um, but of, as you said, it, 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 there was also the element of people were a little bit crazy because we were yeah. all locked up. And it's going to stand alone as as kind of the COVID slasher at yeah. the moment. There's there, Nobody else put anything out like that. So it's going to be a fun little thing to go back to and think, fuck, remember when and we were And she's a tidy, like, 80 minutes or something. Yeah, Very yeah. quick. But really well done. Yeah, I liked it really a lot. Really well done. So it was a good week in that in that regard. Yeah. So I watched Goosebumps. As I said, I wasn't that impressed. I watched Sick. Really enjoyed it. I watched The Killer on Netflix. Michael Fassbender. Really good. Slow burn. But got all the David Fincher kind of elements that he has in his movies. And, and it's... A really good performance by Fassbender, and I believe he's been out of out of circulation for a number of years, hasn't he? Uh, he hasn't been seen in much since Steve Jobs, which I think was in like 2019 or something. I mean, I wouldn't say I've paid um, as little attention to Fassbender as I have to Chalamet, Chalamet, but uh, he's, he's, probably, he's probably more in that direction than yeah. the Spiritas yeah, on, the, on the on the <laughs> the spectrum. But Fassbender is now back with a couple of films. Yeah. Because he's got the killer and he's got next goal wins. Which looks kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. I watched the Millie Vanilli documentary mm. on Amazon Prime. I did stumble across that. Look, it was quite good. It's funny because, honestly, gives those guys two more years and they would have been out of the industry anyway. The music was yeah. shit. Like, this is what people forget. It was, it was just, it was like... Time and place. Do you think they would have been bouncing around on rubber balls like NSYNC were? Or? Fucking hell, what was that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was a Wiggles show when I first saw it. <laughs> it turns out to be fucking yeah. NSYNC in the middle of their most productive period. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what was going on. I don't know who told them, look, fellas, we're really going to we're really gonna up the, uh, yeah, we're up the dance the... number. You're going to be bouncing around on big rubber balls. Choreography, you get your rubber balls out. <laughs> But the Millie Vanilli documentary was interesting. People have got differing takes on what happened. Yeah. I'll tell yeah. you what happened, Adam. They weren't singing. <laughs> no, no, but what I mean they is like the production team were like, yeah, yeah, we, we always just wanted them for the look. We told them from the get-go, we don't want you to fucking sing. <laughs> and, then, and then... Okay, so you're telling me Millie and Vanilli both had... Uh, oh, yeah, well, we were great singers. Yeah, well, Millie and Vanilli... Was sort of saying that no, no, like you know, the the guy who's dead, he was pissed off about it. That's how yeah, um, yeah. Fab sort of, who's the living guy left. That's how he was seeing it. Is that they were he was arguing with the producer in German, and yeah, it seemed like he was pissed off when he'd been told that basically you're not going to be seeing anything. Yeah. And then it cuts back to the fucking production team assistant, the woman who was involved. She's like, oh, they were all, they were all, they were all for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so it was interesting to see it from those angles. Put it to you this way, Adam: if you were told, "Oh, you're going to live out some of your fucking wildest dreams here, but we don't want you to sing," would you still say, "All right, 
Yeah. Because I think with the cash coming in and that sort of thing, I probably still would have said, yeah, okay. It was piss funny because I talked to one of the session guys who was in the band. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's like, We'd be, we'd be fucking, yeah, we're on the road doing doing shows. He's like, we're rehearsing our ass off. And I said, where are these guys? <laughs> like, like, oh, they come in at night. <laughs> so then, not everyone was in on the roost. Not all the session guys, like, guys were in on the roost. These guys have got a good they've done in fucking rehearse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, we don't need them to, mate. <laughs> but things went wrong when they won a Grammy. Because it put them in the spotlight, and then yeah, the yeah. fucking guy who was dead decided to tell everyone, "Oh, Millie Vanilli's music's more um, complex than the Beatles." Oh, <laughs> dude, come on! <laughs> yeah, the Beatles sang their music, so it's not really. It's like <laughs> then he went to a fucking after he won a Grammy. Paul McCartney turned up to say, "Yeah, congratulate him," and he fucking. <laughs> McCartney to fuck off. Oh my basically. god! So I think they got too big for their boots. Yeah. It turned out they could actually sing. The current guy, the guy's still alive. He does sing, and he is pretty good. They actually show him singing "Blame It on the Rain." Now, oh no! <laughs> yeah, that's what do you want to say to that? What do you want to say to that? There's nothing I can say to that. <laughs> I mean, you said some stupid things on this podcast, but you were, now you're telling me the, the guy really, really, oh, yeah, you can see. No, he's, no, right. he's, he's passable. <laughs> so are you telling me you... If um, he turned up rehearsed, yeah. he'd be fine. But this is the, the whole, it's the fucking problem with the music industry, isn't it? Like, the guys that were knocking out the fucking vocals... Couldn't get a... That you, you don't give them the fucking front man job? Because they don't wear bike pants as well as these yeah, other two. I know, it's fucking ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> but in saying that, as one bloke said, who were these guys hurting? Why was it such a fucking massive fucking shit fight when it came out? Like, Well, I mean... Because, let's be honest, you feel all, like of, I, all the top artists have done it. I don't think, you know, I, I don't hold, I wouldn't be fucking holding too much ill will to them, but I also didn't spend fucking 25 bucks on their CD and then I, find out it wasn't them. But, but I wouldn't be stupid enough to do that. The <laughs> well, music was shit. I can't like, say the, that. The music, <laughs> the music was crap. I don't was. want anyone looking through my fucking CD collection I mean, and stumbling fuck, across a few things. Diane Warren wrote Blame It On The Raid. Which, well, I, which surprised me because I didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, she talks for like a minute or whatever. I mean, it shouldn't be surprising given she's written fucking 95% of the number one hits. It's either her or Max Martin. <laughs> I know, I, I, I shouldn't have been surprised at all. And she said, oh, well, Blame the Rain sounded very much like their first single. And I was just kind of like, do you want this? <laughs> oh, shit. Honestly. Oh, I mean, I mean, you dashed off so many songs, you don't know what you're giving away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was like, uh, remember fucking Justin Hawkins from The Darkness? He, he forgot he wrote one. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. I think he wrote a song for Adam Lambert. He fucking forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what drugs were involved there? Probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. But, Look, I mean, it, this is making me want to watch it. It sounds it like is, a fucking... It is really good. It is actually quite good. Yeah. Okay. Look, I, I don't think they were hurting anyone, but... You can understand if people were got, got well, really fucking well, the side of the hooked gra- up on these on these guys and were really, you know, big fans. Yeah. 
You can see they would un- yeah. they would feel like they were had. But I yeah, understand I don't even that. needed to fucking throw them under the bus. I know. I understand that. But, and and also when they won a Grammy and they beat out artists who fucking sung their own music. Yeah. You can kind of see why they would have had yeah, the shit. they would have been pissed too. off. But I don't recall too many of the fucking producers or the people that made this decision coming out and having to cop the heat like the, no, those two guys No, of course not. They went underground. They, I mean, Frank Farian, he'd done that before with Boney M. The guy, the front man for that, he wasn't much of a singer. He was a dancer. No, he just fucking wandered around while he's... <laughs> and dressed like fucking Fu Manchu and shit. They showed some footage of him and I was like, holy shit, what am I watching? Oh, God. There's that there's that fucking meme that goes around that says, you know, when you fucking when you're told to take your little brother along and you see the three sisters kind of lined up in sync singing a tune, and then he just fucking wanders in and he's just shaking all over the place and carrying on like a dick. Oh man! <laughs> now I watched uh, Full Moon Freak Show. Yep. Ben put us onto it. Yeah, I've I've listened to it. the I've listened to the podcast a couple of times and then they put the. They the put the um, the videos on Tubi. And I, I watched the Tom Savini one. Yep. And I've, I watched the Kane Hodder one. Yes. I have heard both of those. Both interesting. Yeah, really cool. Fuck, Savini's got a mind like a steel trap. Yeah. Yep. He fucking remembers everything. Yeah. The guy has done everything I too. Know. He's done so much shit. He's just one of these guys that it seems like whatever he puts his mind to, he fucking does it to a, to a very high level. Yes. And that was the thing he was saying, that part of his... Thing about being a, a big, a big name effects guy was actually being able to knock these things out in like half an hour. Mm. You know, how he told, one, he how told a story about John Carpenter saying, <laughs> talking about Rob Bottin or the thing. You go, that motherfucker kept us waiting for days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck. Look at what he produced. <laughs> you don't whip that stuff together in half an hour. No. Jesus. How do you find uh, Charlie Band? Yeah, he's Is good. It? He's good. He's kind of an interesting. He throws a bit of his own. Well, career yeah, into that's it. that's what I think is. I, I kind of think puts it up a notch is that he's got some fucking cracking stories to tell as well. Yeah. About and he the, knows a lot of the people he does yeah. that they're talking about. Mm. He's had connections with, so I really enjoyed it. And the last one, Jared, which I would put out there to check out, it's on Disney Plus. It's called A Murder at the End of the World, uh, and it was fucking awesome. The first two mm. episodes are fantastic. Really, really good. Worth checking out. Kind of like, um, it's got a feel of like Knives Out. It's got a feel of like Agatha Christie. Mm. It's really cool. Like, it was really cool. First two episodes I was very impressed with. Uh, I tried to watch They, Them. Yeah. But it just, every time I put it on, because it was at the end, it just used to go to the end of it. And I kept trying to wind it back or look for somewhere where it says play from the beginning. And what I might do is just log in, go into one of the other profiles. Fucking Paramount. Fucking Paramount, hopeless. I'm not paying you a hundred bucks for that shit. I'm not paying you anything. I'm not happy about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Oh, I shouldn't say that too often. <laughs> I might come looking for. You're fucking okay. giving the game away. Yeah. Okay. okay. So let's do it up or down, Jared. But before we get to this, I'm just going to say this out, straight out, straight out of the gate. I got a trailer for. Aquaman? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. What the fuck is that? It's a fucking just mess of colour and bullshit and yeah. it just looks ridiculous. I don't I don't hold high hopes for that one. Ah, right. And even being the person that is more likely to be kind of oh, come around could, to these sort of things. You could not get me there if you paid for my ticket. Yeah. I mean, I'll go, but I'll, I'll be... 
I mean, I'll have to wear fucking maybe it's some just sort a of really special bad... glasses to stop me from having some sort of fit. Maybe it's just a bad trailer, but it was just a really, really bad trailer. Well, the thing for me is it doesn't seem to tell me anything about what's going on. It seems very light on the details of what the fucking story actually is. Mm. We get we get a bit of you know Aquaman and uh, Ocean Master back on deck together, um, and it looks like a little bit of that Thor Loki kind of. Uh, um, dynamic uh, that's played out over over a few movies, but yeah, it looks silly. I don't know what else to say about. Maybe it. I'm looking we're forward wrong. to it. Maybe we're wrong. <laughs> I don't think the first Aquaman was that great either, was it? I didn't mind it. Like it's it's not high level comic book fare. It was fucking silly in a lot of ways, and it had a lot of this stuff in it, like the the. I mean, it had a fucking octopus playing the drums at one point. That's all that needs to be said about that sort of thing. But um, lost it was it was entertaining enough. I mean, probably yeah, Dolph Lundgren floating around in the ocean sort of helped things along for me. I'm pretty sure he'll be back. Huh? Dolph. I hope so. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to the up or down. Latest Blumhouse. It's called Imaginary. About an imaginary friend who turns into a psycho. It's written and directed by Jeff Wadlow who made two of the worst Blumhouse movies, possibly the actual two worst Blumhouse movies we've had, which are Truth or Dare and Fantasy Island. Mm-hmm. I did not like the look of this at all. No. It looks like, you know, it's it's pinching a little bit from things like Poltergeist. It seems to be a little bit of insidious sort of things going on. There was a handful of shots in the trailer and perhaps the ideas around demons coming in and as imaginary friends and this sort of stuff that I was like, okay, well, I could probably go here. But some of the shots and and early on, the whole teddy bear thing and the teddy bear, like, uh, it just looked, it didn't, it didn't look great. No, nah. no. Nah. It's a down for me. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be one of their better ones. No. Nah. And as you said, our mate Waddles doesn't have a <laughs> Waddles has a strong very track record in our in our uh, opinion. He seems to produce a lot of stuff too, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, and he hasn't directed a lot of great films. I mean, I would like to say he might kick he ass might, too, you know. Yeah, I would like to say he might turn turn something around and give us a reasonable Blumhouse effort here, but I, it just the, the the trailer doesn't say that. No, not at all. All right, Jared, let's take a break. Here's the trailer for 2023's Thanksgiving. Did you notice anything about it? He was dressed as a Belger. <laughs> and he had a John Carter mask on. Someone's up for revenge, and they're turning it into a sick holiday game. Our names are at the table. These seats are for us. Thanksgiving from 2023, directed by Eli Roth, who directed Hostel. It's produced by Roger Birnbaum, who produced The Magnificent Seven, Eli Roth and Jeff Rendell. The story is by Eli Roth and Jeff Rendell, and the screenplay is by Jeff Rendell. It stars Patrick Dempsey as Sheriff Eric Newton, Gina Gershon as Amanda Collins, Nell... Verlack as Jessica, Rick Hoffman as Thomas Wright, Addison Ray as Gabby, and Milo Mannheim as Ryan. 
the budget was 15 million and the opening weekend so far in the US was 10 million. A little bit of trivia, Eli Roth gave directing duties to Tim Miller to do additional reshoots for Borderlands so he could focus on this film. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a, a sort of a bloody sort of throwback to 70s and 80s slashes, slasher films. It was really, really well done. It was a lot of fun. Tons of gore. I mean, I got carded at the cinema, Jared. You got carded? I got carded. <clears throat> what sort of idiot thinks you're 18? <laughs> Just quietly. <laughs> I mean, you're in reasonable nick. What but... the fuck? <laughs> Thanks. You <laughs> got carded. No, we got carded because it was policy. Policies are. <laughs> I don't need to like, card you. I said, mate, I'm fucking, I'm barely upright. <laughs> Surely I'm over 18. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at the crow's feet. Look at me. My knee makes a fucking noise when I walk. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm over 18. <laughs> Comfortably. In a fucking canter. Yeah, <laughs> so I got carded there. Um, Unbelievable. So, but I, and I think the gore is super thick. The set pieces are really expertly directed. Like mm. I think Roth really knows his way around this type of stuff. And yeah. I'd love to see him do some more slashes. I think he'd be really good at them. The identity of the killers a touch easy <laughs> on, the, on the easy side. Uh, there's a couple of other little issues to nitpick, but they're pretty minor. Yeah. Uh, overall. It's just really nice to see a kind of a throwback slasher film done kind of right, which is what I think this does. Uh, I gave it three and a half. Yep. I was the same. Mm. I did not get carded. You didn't get what, carded? I don't know what the policy was because that was only fucking three hours before you were at the same place. Yeah, it <laughs> depends on which people he faced little fucking asshole. <laughs> it's at the front desk, I think. Yeah, pretty much. No, um, you know what? Like, I didn't have a problem with it, but until my wife started going, I don't have my my licence on me. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, fuck, are we not going to get into this? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Oh. And then as soon as started, you, I'll see you in two hours. Yeah, yeah, as soon as they started, as soon as you started remonstrating, they would have said, "Oh yeah, you're a fucking angry old man." <laughs> yeah, so angry you go in. I was just said, "Look at the grey in my beard, <laughs> dipshit." <laughs> Honestly, I'm like three times eighteen. <laughs> yeah, that's unbelievable. You got carded, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Basically the same same reasoning. I think the kills and the gore were fucking plentiful, but the whole John Carver aspect of it was was fun too. Like the killer mm. was one that you kind of got excited to see on screen, like a Michael Myers or a Jason. Or we haven't had that in in a while. I haven't had one that I I was excited about seeing when they mm. turned up as as this one. So. Uh, as I said, I think the, the kills were were all exciting. I think that the sort of ways that they got to it, like the the stalk and slash stuff, was all good. Yeah, like they they laid out a few ways that it could go. But and you know, I'm fairly honest. I've said a couple of times that I've picked things pretty early, but I'm also pretty pretty upfront when I. Uh, Get fucking bamboozled by who was it? Darren Boseman or someone fucking playing tricks on me and yes. bamboozling me with a very simple <laughs> time here. Knots when things were laid out very easily for me. Boseman was good. Um, Boseman. But I had I had this one pegged almost immediately, and I fucking pegged the motivation as well. Mm. So 
I'm not going to say it dulled the enjoyment. That's part of the fun, right? And so even with that happening, I was still kind of just just like, no, this is fucking great fun. And I think Eli Roth, I would love to see him more, do more of this stuff. I, I like Hostel. I like Cabin Fever. But there's a couple of his other ones. Like Knock Knock I thought was just abysmal and The Green Inferno I wasn't a huge fan of. But if he stays in this kind of corner for, you know, if he wants to make a sequel to this or make another sort of couple of slashes in this vein, I would be more than happy for that. Yeah, yeah, agreed. He seems to have a real sort of affinity for yeah, them. He knows he knows what works. And he, you know, there was a couple of nods to the to the classics, uh, but he very much made it modern, you know, he used the technology and all that sort of stuff and ma- found ways to work around that. So, yeah, three and a half for me. I was very happy with it. Yeah, agreed. All right, likes. A good solid cast of some seasoned vets and a decent young cast. I thought the young cast acquitted themselves pretty well under yeah. the circumstances of it. Patrick Dempsey's perfectly pitched to this type of thing. And I think they might have been playing a little bit on his, you know, his likability, well, nice guy angle. Let's just say that we're going to spoil everything and, and talk about all the bits and pieces. So. Yes, yes, true, we are going to spoil. But I think that that's part of his casting a little bit. Yeah. He was, he's, he's quite good. All the older actors give good performances. I think the young guys come right into it. And I actually kind of like the, I uh, really like the, the main girl. I actually think yeah. she's she's quite um quite a good performer and and she was really good under this in this one so yeah yeah overall I think acting wise it, it works out nicely very nicely Gina Gershon though why can't we see some more of her good performer good solid actress yeah and she's it's just a fucking glorified cameo she's only in it for about two minutes five yeah. minutes or something but yeah you know the it's okay. I'm happy to happy for for the fact that she's in there. Yeah, agreed. Um, but it would have been nice to see her for a bit longer. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's uh, it's fine. It is what it is. Mm. Like uh, I'm sure Eli Roth had. Uh, you know, he probably had. It feels like maybe he had her in mind. Maybe. Yeah, it's a it's a small role, but it's pretty important, and it's uh, it is what it is. I don't know whether he was trying to play for, you know, getting some uh, bigger names in early and then not having all of them hang around, which mm. has, you know, become a bit sort of a of thing. A, yeah. So, yeah, that was fine. Plenty of gore. Oh. Brutal. Lots of it. Brutal. Yeah. But there's also kind of a dark humour to it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I could not stop laughing when that woman gets cut in half. <laughs> I know. Oh, by so... the fucking wheelie bit outside. <laughs> Yeah, just, yeah. Legs just fall on the ground, all his guts blocked out. Yeah. I mean, every 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 uh, type of those bins that I've ever seen, that that bit is plastic yeah. on top. <laughs> I don't know if it's shearing somebody in cleaving somebody in twain like that, but but it was, it was so funny. Yeah, it was unexpected. And then the next the shot we get is looking at some social media as a pair of legs <laughs> <laughs> up on the side of the shop. <laughs> yeah, and they play with that with the whole sales angle with like 50% off and shit <laughs> oh, like that. <laughs> and, then, and then we come back to the bin and there's a guy in a fucking like a – like a hazmat style suit, and he's picking up a piece of a fucking sausage. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was so funny because it's like, yeah, obviously that's supposed to be intestines, but I'm pretty sure that's just a fucking sausage. 
Excellent stuff. Excellent. Oh, I was beside myself. I loved it. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. But adding that little touch of humour to some of it, yeah, I think helped. It's a black humour, and mm. and that kind of goes away the further along it goes. Yeah. I start going to, for the more serious angle from then. But early on, it's very much pitched to being sort of humorous. Yeah, there is there is parts of it all all the way through, little little dabs here and there, which I think is cool. You know, the the, the fucking old mate that runs around with the guns and all that <laughs> sort of shit. And, um, he's having the party until the yeah, fuck yeah. Off I mean, all. he's got a bit of that fucking dark humor and a bit of that sort of commentary on American gun culture and whatnot. And personally, the the fucking setup, I fucking loved it. Just taking the piss out of that whole. You know, storming the door for a fucking sale thing, and it, it's fucking on. People are getting fucking run over. How funny is it? It's just a fucking waffle. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But the guy that fucking walks in and then gets his fucking throat slit on the <laughs> on, on the, the broken glass. glass. But he still fucking stumbles over and gets himself a waffle iron. <laughs> then he fucking cocks it, and somebody pinches the waffle iron. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't stop laughing at that stuff. I don't know why. Like, it's pretty straightforward stuff. But it's all relevant. I mean, this is it's it's funny that he's kind of basically said, yeah, well, it's a, a classic holiday slasher. But these days, this is what a fucking holiday is. Yeah, and it's funny because when that scene started, I was kind of like, what are we doing? Mm. Like, what's happening here? And then uh, as soon as the window breaks and things start, you know, or as soon as you kind of see the, the tension mount is when the the everyone realizes, oh shit, you know. They're going to storm the, their front entrance. Yeah. It, you realise, oh, well, this is the catalyst to it all. Yep, yep. And some of it was, I mean, Gina Gershon gets fucking scalped <laughs> then, yeah. by a trolley. Yep. And then that poor bastard falls on his, someone steps on his wrist. Oh, yeah, yeah. And talk about looking like rubber. <laughs> Holy oh, shit. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that one. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But that scene had me. Like I was initially, I was like you too. I was like, "What's what's going on here?" But then they quickly got me in with the woman fucking carrying on, and then the bloke that's, you know, they paint as your, your stereotypical fucking, we would call it a bogan, just yeah. carrying on about what are they get? What, how come they getting in there? What are you letting them in for? And fucking pissing and moaning about the sales and and it's funny that that because I kept thinking, I, initially I was kind of like, well. Why would someone want revenge on these people? Mm. But then I'm like, yeah, but they got in. Yeah. They started buying shit before the thing started. Yeah. That created a ruckus. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's on. So I kind of I kind of like that because it's different. It's a different angle to go. Yeah. It's not a classic kind of, you. we accidentally killed our friend at a game no. of fucking something or other. Or Well, that's it. It sort of ties it into, as I said, it's a holiday slasher, but this, that's what a holiday is now. Mm. And so they fucking... Eli Roth has his has his little bit of fun making his fucking stance on that sort of stuff, and we go from there. And I was all for it. Yeah, yeah, agree. The killer's look, yeah, great, was awesome. Yep. The mask, the hat, the jumpsuit, mm. the axe. I mean, honestly, at times it looked it had a feel of like the miner from My Bloody Valentine. Yep. And I thought that was. Fantastic. Yeah. It was good to have that there. Yeah, I was very happy with how how all that came out. And I think it was used well. You know, as I said, there was a few nods to the classics. It was your, your usual sort of stuff. 
just popping up in the background. But if that stuff is done reasonably well and I'm engaged and I'm I'm kind of like, oh, what's, what's going to go on here? I'm all right if mm. I've seen some of it before. As long as you're making me feel excited and interested about it all. Well, we've said this before, Jared. I don't care if you're making a generic slasher. But if you're doing it well, mm. then I'm happy. If you're doing it with a bit of style. Yeah, style, doing it. a bit of stuff. And I, in amongst that, I got a few things that I wasn't expecting. And yeah. I got, you know, we got the fucking theme. We got corn cobs jammed in people's ear holes and shit like that. Okay, cool. <laughs> corn, corn cob holders. I was okay with all that. Yeah. Yeah, so was I. Yeah. I was pretty happy with that as well. And the atmosphere, the overall atmosphere kind of had a My Bloody Valentine feel as well. Yeah, a little bit of I that. Felt, I felt like we were there. We, we were sort of kindred spirits with My Bloody Valentine a little bit. Mm, um, I can see that. With more of the humour, though. Like the, the humour standing out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, over My Bloody Valentine, which doesn't really have that. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I enjoyed that a lot. There are a number of really cool chase, stalk, slash type of sequences. Yep. All of them he gets right. There's one in particular where Catherine is trying to escape being baked. Yeah. Is fantastic. Yeah, that was cool. There are moments when you actually think she's going to get out. Yep. Like, and that's a great piece of directorial work, you know, because in a slasher you're usually expecting the killer will come out of nowhere and just... And she gets out the door, I believe, but uh, is then brought back and baked, which is <laughs> yeah. fucking horrible. Yeah, it is. Like, it is grotesque, but it is kind of creepy. Yeah, very much so. That I whole mean, sequence where he puts them at the table and he's I mean, that's comedic. Mm. The, the, from that point on, there's a there's a bunch of the stuff that the fucking serving up the dinner is, is fucking... There's a few things that make you laugh, but it's also kind of, as you said, it's kind of gross and it's kind of scary. And Yeah. Yeah. Now, I thought the killer's reveal, I like the actual reveal where she takes she takes the phone out of evidence yes. and uses it on him. That was cool. I thought that was cool. Like, I, I, liked the, really liked I liked the small detail stuff. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching that chase. And thinking, why did they just fucking show us that little yeah, the, weed the, or the little flower yeah, sort of thing? That and was then cool. It brings it back, and I'm like, I dig it. Yeah, I like that. And yeah. as you said, the ultimate kind of twist of of what she does with the phone, excellent. Yeah, really cool. Again, not something we haven't necessarily seen before in other ways, but works. Yeah, works really well. A bit of a, springs a bit of a surprise on us. I wasn't expecting it. And look, I think the the finale in general at the end in that big area with the giant bloody turkey and the, you know, she yeah. lights it up and everything like that and you got the helium and everything. Yep. I thought all that was kind of cool. Yep. Overall, I think it ends on a, on a reasonable note. Yeah. I know they try and, they kind of try and sort of showcase a sequel potentially. Yep. Where they say they looked everywhere, no one could have survived, and then you kind of see the fiery with his mask on and mm. walking out, and she's looking at him yep. closely. So I'd like to see a sequel. Yeah, I would too, and I'd I'd be happy to go something like a Ghostface Avenue and have different people each time. That would be okay. I mean, I wouldn't even mind if they brought him back, as long as it's, yeah. you know, there's there's space to continue on this 
classic sort of slasher vibe by bringing that character back and and doing your your Jason or your you know yeah. So that's I'd be okay with a sequel either way. To be yeah, honest, agree. That's all I had likes wise. Yeah, I think kind of building onto your sort of my bloody Valentine. I think the 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 whole high school sort of group was pretty well done. I, th- I think um, you were sort of invested with with most of the the relationships and the characters there. Yeah, um, you went along with a few more than others, and then they had obviously the jock who was a bit of a dill. And to be honest, you even kind of came around to him a little bit at parts. Yeah, um, and look, they didn't go massively out of their way to to sort of flesh them out greatly. No, but they gave them all just enough. Yep, and I kind of liked the the little bit of kind of spotlight they put on Ryan. Yep. I've got a couple of things around that that I didn't, but in general I liked the kind of the push and pull, the love triangle, the, the old mate that fucks his arm up, leaves town. Mm. I, I didn't mind that sort of stuff. Obviously it was some of it was there to throw in a couple of suspicions, and yeah. I think he did a reasonable job of putting a number of people out to be suspicious of. I wasn't okay. suspicious as mo- of most of them because I'd already settled you were on not, my You were not like suspicious at all. <laughs> and that's probably where we can segue into the dislikes because the reveal of the killer, I immediately called for that mm. but then went, it's too fucking easy. Surely. Yeah. Surely it can't be that. Yeah. And so I segued off to others. I began perusing other other nags to try and get on. And jumped on a couple of them. I did. I did. <laughs> Who were you on? I was on the fucking other cop. You idiot. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, no, no. he's big, he's burly, yeah. he's new to town. <clears throat> yeah. But John Carver wasn't. That was the funny part. When you saw him, he wasn't a big unit. Well, maybe that was what they, they tried to sort of insinuate that he was. Yeah, yeah. I kept looking at the tall blokes. My favourite moment was yeah, my favourite moment with him was when he fucking burst into the car park and that guy's like, what the fuck are you doing? Or whatever. He's like, fuck you. He keeps yeah, on right. going and then it turns out that's the detective. That's right. <laughs> that was good stuff. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, my first, the, the very first thing when I saw that scene sort of coming together and you're initially like, right, well, let's keep an eye on some people. The very second Patrick Dempsey starts talking to Gina Gershon and starts talking about the, you know, revealing the pie and all this sort of stuff, I thought to myself, are they having an affair? That was my very first thought. I actually thought that too, but I kind of dismissed it. Yeah. I was kind of like, well, we're only a couple of minutes in. Yeah. Well, really. Well, that was just, I don't know what it was, but I stuck with that. And then, as you said, it felt too easy. But then he kept making a couple of comments, and they end up bringing that back as a bit of a hit list at the end. Yeah. You know, be careful who you should trust. He says another one that I can't, I can't recall exactly what it was, but I was like, hmm, let's uh, see about. It. And it, you know, he kept fucking, he kept being around the places and then disappearing. And there was always a, there was always a reason that he could have been there. And then, I, I was keeping the, I was keeping the the eyes open, but the minute I saw. John Carver with the oven in the little kitchen. I was like, well, that was one of the first things he said. Yeah, he cooks. Like for a single man, I know my way around the kitchen. I was like, bingo, I've, I've got this. I've got this licked. But in I saying was that, stump, I was bubbling around. <laughs> you're sitting there thinking, where's that fucking deputy? Who's <laughs> the tallest person here? <laughs> 
But yeah. At one point throughout the movie, I must have whispered to my wife about four times, I think it's him. (laughs) (laughs) You goose. You goose. What was she on? She was on no one. She was taking my advice. Right. Okay. And she'd go, hmm, yeah, it could be him. I don't know who's more foolish in that situation. (laughs) I think I know. (laughs) (laughs) Foolishly Um, listening to me. Yeah. But in saying that, if I hadn't have fucking picked up on that that relationship, they put many, many angles out there that you yeah. could have gone with. They had both of the boyfriends, the, the ex-boyfriend yeah. and the current boyfriend. They had the guy who was married to Gina Gershon. They had, and they kind of put them all out there. The reason I, I scratched the guy that was married to Gina Gershon early because I felt like that was too early, too too easy, but he was never around. And if it, if it had have been him, you would have just been going, fuck, you've just... He hasn't been here the whole movie. Yeah. And now we're going to get a fucking... It had to be someone in the... In, in the, the frame. Mix, yeah. But not... But I guess that's what they were going with Dempsey. Yeah. He's your star. Correct. So it shouldn't really be him. Yeah. So in saying that, I still think it, it, it's probably done reasonably well from that from that. Yeah, point. yeah. It's not bad. Um, it's just... It, I think everybody probably would... A lot of people would have looked at Dempsey. Oh yeah, because of, of the way it sort of rolls out, it's yeah. not yeah, it's not very well hidden. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. And that that was the other line. He keeps going on about thanks for all your help, and he's he's when he's looking for for um people that were involved and stuff like that. I was like, hmm, this is not dissuading me from my my thinking at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, that that was a little bit of a downer. I thought it was was pretty clear in in parts. Yeah. But even even then, as I said, I think he puts enough doubt around there. He puts enough horses in the race that you can kind of um, yeah. You could easily be off the track. Yeah. I was still I was still sniffing around at others. I was on the, I was on the fucking winning horse, but I was looking left and right, going, "Should who I, do I jump, jump off? Who do I jump off? off? Oh, there's a donkey coming past. Yeah. I might fucking yeah. latch onto that yeah. one." Yeah, I um, saw I saw what I thought was Farlap Loomy <laughs> in the. You thought there was four far laps, yeah, did you? No, fucking... There were not any of them. Fuck, I was way off. Like I was crapping on about Ryan. And, you know, man. Oh, it's definitely so. The... Roth had you just where yeah, you were, oh, just where he fucking Roth, wanted Roth you. Fucking bamboozled. Talking about being bamboozled by yeah, Bozeman. Yeah, I was bamboozled he, by Roth. His sleight of hand was oh, similar to both. Fucking hell, you know. Yeah. Um, speaking of Ryan, I had a real dislike around him. I liked the love triangle, and I liked that whole thing in theory. Mm. But he was a dick. Yeah. He was a real dick. It's weird because usually when you've got one of them's real dickish. Yeah. That he gets his come up and sorry. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. not, he, he sort of gets told fuck off or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. but at the end of it, she's still with him. When she turns up at the sale and he grabs her by the hand, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'll take you to the front. And she kind of says, no, no, I'm here with my boyfriend or whatever. No, nah, that's all right. And I'm like, yeah, that's a little off putting to begin with. Obviously, you know, coming down to it, I think that was purposeful. Yeah. We want we want eyes on that. But in terms of the story, we go to his apartment once with his with his fucking housemate and he's sort of like, Oh yeah, yeah I think I'm in. I think I'm in. I've I've got a date, you know, I'm going to meet the family and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, There's nothing to this character other than he's trying to get with the with this bird. Yeah. Which kind of put me off a little bit on the character. And then as he goes, 
you end up liking the, you, you like the fucking baseball guy more, the jock more, mm. and you want him to fucking end up with her because Ryan seems like a dick. Yeah, and that never changes. Yeah, it's interesting because they tried to kind of make him in, include him in the group a little bit. Yeah, where he turns up yeah. with the baseball tickets. Yeah, uh, that didn't that didn't sit well either because it was kind of like, well, you make him you make him out to be a bit of a dick, dickhead. Yeah, and then you're trying to say, well, he's suddenly in the group now. Like yeah, just but no, him ending up with her her at the end, I was just kind of like, eh. I was hoping she 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 was she was going to just be single by the end of the movie. Because yeah, she actually says at one point, doesn't she? I'm not. I'm not interested. In, I don't want to be. Don't want to talk either to either of either you. Of yeah. yeah. So to go back to Ryan, who at the end of it was just a. I mean, he was a he was a red herring, and mm. he wasn't much more. I was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know about that. I would like to hear Eli Roth talk about it because I know he's he he knows his way around this shit, and I would like to him him to. I'd love to hear his fucking thoughts going in depth about. Particular things like that. I'm looking forward to a com- hopefully there's a commentary on the on the home releases because I would yeah. like to hear hear about that sort of stuff. But it just came off as like he was a character that I was like by the end of it, okay, he'd served his purpose, but he wasn't likable in the least, and the girl still fucking ended up with him. I was yeah, like, which Ugh. didn't didn't gel for me. Yeah, I didn't particularly care if she ended up with with what was his name? Was it Bobby? Bobby. Um, either, but I was kind of like, yeah, I'm off this guy, and that kind of goes to. A little bit too of there was a couple of things that just seemed fucking superfluous, and a few few threads that just got left. Mm. So number one, Gina Gershon's husband. Yeah, he just gets left. He just turns up like what twice more in the movie. Once angry on the TV. Once at the fucking protest. Yeah, we see nothing more of it. I, I don't need heaps, and I think there's there was probably method to not having too many. People, yes. but I reckon just keeping him on the periphery a touch more probably strengthens another herring. And then on the flip side, you get a bit much of, as I said, you go you go home with uh, what's his face, Nick, Ryan. Uh, Ryan, sorry, and his housemate. Yeah, and you kind of get a, a scene or two with his housemate, but nothing more. And no. then again, that was part of the reason I was like, well, I don't think it's him either. Because there was there was a couple of those little fucking bits. I'm kind of torn in two directions. I think in some characters there was probably too much of that, and then in other characters there wasn't enough. Yeah. So I kind of wiped both of them out for those reasons. But then old mate with the with guns the guns, and stuff, yeah. I liked a little bit of him, and I, I liked that he came around to, hey, I'm a bit of a dick, but fucking take this. Yeah. You know, you might need it. But again, there's there's a. There's a couple of bits and pieces where it's like, okay, well, it's just a bit much that's not really fucking playing into the story. Yeah. And not again, a lot. Not I a lot. Like, not as much with him. I but, feel like yeah. it's probably another red herring there. Like you, you've got another guy in the mix that you can have as a as an angle you can think about. Um, I liked him too. I thought he was kind of cool. Yeah. And, in fact, I feel like there were too many characters. Yeah, there was. There were too many characters. and it There comes, was probably too many in the group. Yes. That and it said, comes back to... When you actually get to the table, the majority of the table survives. Yeah. Which yeah. I felt like you've got this murderer who wants to dish up justice to all of them. Yeah. But he only ends up killing like one of them. Or two yeah. Of them. Oh, look, out of the core group. Yeah, out of the core group. Again, I've said previously, I don't mind that. I don't mind more than one person surviving because it, 
adds a little bit of intrigue. The thing that I think Ross did well with with that is the table is large. Mm. You know a couple of them are going to be gone, but he plays with that again. We get the early ones. We know they're dead. We know they're kind of nothing characters, the, the cranky lady and the, mm. the security guard. And so that's just a bit of bit of extra kills, both of them, which were cool. I thought yeah. I enjoyed both those kill sequences and a little bit of jump scare and that sort of stuff work in there was really good. Then we get onto the actual core group and he does knock over a few of them. Who's he knock over? He knocks over... Yulia. Yulia. And he um, knocks over... The other, the, the other uh, jock guy. Does he die? Yeah, he gets his fucking head mashed in. Uh. <laughs> you missed that one? No, I don't remember him dying. But yeah, you I, know the one that's buying the test and then reads it out in the class and it's it's straight off the blow. Oh, yes, yes. He yes. gets he gets He gets mashed out badly. Him, no. I think he, this is his girlfriend as well. No, no. She survives. So does is his name Scoob? Yeah, the, the football other player. Yep. Uh so does um who else? I had a list here. Well, Jessica survives. Who else? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that it? Well, Bobby survives. Yeah. So four out of your six. But he was never at the table. I he? know, but four out of your six of your core group. Yeah. Who you think this guy would be itchy to get at. Yeah. And not kill Ryan. Throw him in there too. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, <laughs> but you wanted to keep him in the mix of it's possibly him. Same with Bobby. Yeah. So you can understand that. Um, and I guess Scoob as well. Yeah, to a lesser extent. I never had eyes on him. No, but he's another male character. Yeah. But the expectation is that the killer is a male. Yeah. I actually think they did, uh, they wisely kept Catherine in for a, a long time. Yeah. Because she was in the mix as well. So, yeah, I kind of get in the, in the wash up. We probably could have could have taken out another couple of those towards, towards the end. Well, there. we could have taken um, out Gabby. Yeah. Because Gabby but, was not. The, you know, the other thing they did really well is you assume that the cheerleader is going to be one of those other characters. Yes. And then she's fucking alive. Isn't she the one in the fridge that fucking grabs? Yeah, yeah. They keep her alive for a little bit longer. Yeah, that was, that Which, was interesting. So, Although I've got, a pro, I've got a slight issue with that sequence. Yeah, okay. A, there's CGI blood. Yeah. It was definitely CGI blood. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very, very much a no-no considering the majority of what you did was practical. And would seem to be, if you're doing a throwback slasher, you would go the throwback. So I'm pretty sure it was CGI blood. Maybe I, maybe it just looked that way. Yeah. It was very much because of the way the knife was coming through the trampoline. trampoline. Yeah. But secondly, I know that I know why that's there, because it was in the fake trailer. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't it belong. I actually, I didn't mind it. I just found that entire sequence. You could have fucked that off. Well, it was, it was, as you said, if it's in the fake trailer, it's a bit of a just, just throw it in there. I think somehow. it's a, it's like a touch point. Yeah, here's the fake because he has said straight up that the fake trailer is kind of like it was just a, t- a touch, a starting point for us to almost like a reboot. Yeah, it's of just course. the same, the same kind of. Ad- Items that were in there, when we're going to run with them, but I just found that sequence to be kind of like not necessary. Um, although I do like a guy to get his head fucking twisted. <laughs> yeah, and again, <laughs> so it's in the opposite direction. <laughs> it was done pretty well because yeah, of that that came out of that came pretty suddenly. I thought it was going to be dragged out a bit more, but that came pretty suddenly. It all came quickly. Like and then the trampoline over. thing again. It just it was, was over fairly fast. It was just another one that was a fun sort of 
Oh, I haven't really seen something like this. I mean, we have seen similar things. I mean, how many times have we seen a knife coming through a fucking yeah. event or, or um, you know, we mentioned sick, the knife coming through the raft. Or like We've seen that shit a lot, but it just I just felt it fit the goofy tone of, of, you know, going back and forth between this just fucking cheesy flashery kills but with a bit of scary, a bit of fun. Like, mm. yeah, I thought it, I thought it worked out all right. But. I didn't have anything else dislike-wise. No. There I could have been a couple other nitpicks in there, but yeah, and the stuff, of some of, of the stuff that I've talked about is nitpicky. A little bit of the kind of superfluousness of some of the characters, and all none in of it all, certainly I think he handled it pretty well in it terms certainly of juggling didn't ruin a lot my of enjoyment them. of it. No, in any way, no. All right, that's Thanksgiving. You can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, and Spotify, uh, or wherever else you get your podcast. Send, send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au or on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com and Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Keep an eye on the Facebook page for details of the next film that we cover. But until then, take it easy, everyone, and we'll catch you later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.